Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, world. Welcome once again to Tuesday Talk with Key West Lou. I am your host, Louis Patron. Well, an exciting week, a very exciting week. Most of the news taken up with the war in the Ukraine. Obviously, there is much to talk about it. Some things you may already be aware of. Some I may share with you might be new. Uh, But there are other things going on in the world, too. So I'm going to start my show tonight with other things other than the war. And uh, the war itself, though, by the time I get to it, will take up two-thirds of the show. So bear with me, and I hope you enjoy this evening's uh, show. Today is the Ides of March. The Ides of March is March 15th. This year, in the year Christ was born, 100 years before Christ was born, 500 years before the Christ was born, before Christ was born. There is an importance to today, and I titled my blog this morning, Et tu Brute, and you too, Brutus, because today was the day in the year 44 B.C. that Julius Caesar was assassinated. He was assassinated as he entered the Roman Senate uh, by the other senators. Uh, they had had it with him. They did not want him to be uh, the boss anymore, the, the number one leader. He was a dominating figure, and they figured the only way they could get rid of him was to kill him. And that's what they did. And as he walked in to the Senate, they jumped upon him with knives, and they all stabbed him. Now, in that crowd was Marcus Brutus. Brutus was Brutus's best friend was Julius Caesar. He was about half of Caesar's age. Caesar had led him along the way, befriended him, uh, showed him the ways of the world, how to be a politician, how to be a warrior, because by this time, Brutus, by the way, was also a general of an entire Roman army. Uh, And they were very good friends. And when Caesar saw, and he looked up, and he saw Brutus, and coming at him with a knife, he said, he couldn't believe it. And he just said, Ete Brute, and you too, Brutus. And that's the day that is celebrated today also. Which now brings me to Tom Brady, the greatest foot, professional football player in history. No question about it. He re- if you recall, 40 days ago, precisely 40 days ago today, he retired. All right. And I thought that was good. He had played 23 years of professional football. There was no question how great he was. I I won't even get into it. Just accept what I'm saying if you don't know pro football. And if you do, you understand exactly what I have said. Well, yesterday he announced that he was maybe not retiring. He was undoing his retirement announcement, he said. Not much more. He just said, well, it isn't time, I don't think. I'm, I'm going to go back. Did not make sense to me. Uh, the man's 43, 20, 42, four, I think 23 years, a pro football player. Got the hell knocked out of him. 
He's lucky that he, you know, he he isn't dead the way they hit him in every game. He's the quarterback. He was good. They wanted to did they wanted to destroy him. Today, the news becomes, well, maybe he isn't retiring, but he says he's coming back because he'll go to the Buccaneers, but somehow money comes into everything, the machinations of money, greed. Uh, There's the rumor that he will be traded by the Buccaneers, by Tampa, and then he'll get out of the game, involved his money all the way around. I don't know. I will tell you this. I love watching the man play. He excites me. Uh, He's perfection, absolute perfection. Uh, I hope he doesn't come back. I hope he doesn't get involved in anything that's going to embarrass him. I doubt that he would. Uh, A class act, stay retired. Enjoy your family. Enjoy your wife. Travel a little bit. Go fishing with the family. Uh, Do whatever you want, but don't play any more football because you're lucky you made it this far without any significant injuries. We have had an Asian bird flu epidemic in this country for about two to three weeks. I talked about it two weeks ago. Uh, In middle America, in the middle United States, uh, chickens and turkeys were coming down with what's known as the bird flu. It's an Asian bird flu. And there was an epidemic, and they were starting to kill off. The, the chickens and the turkeys, because the, the flu epidemic spreads easily. It'd, go, it'd, it'd cover all 50 states if we were permitted to go without trying to control it. And it's, it's building up. They said it was going to rapidly expand. It's building up. Perfect example is Wisconsin. In the state of Wisconsin, starting yesterday, they are in the process of culling, killing, million, hear me again, 2.75 million egg-laying chickens because some of them got the infection. It spreads from one chicken to another, and it could spread from one farm to another. A major problem being dealt with, sad, but being dealt with. Citizen's Voice is part of the Key West newspaper on page 2. It's been there forever that I've been in this town, 30 years. and it's, it's a column where readers send in a comment, one or two lines, uh, sometimes three, where they're unhappy about something. And they're critical of it. I mean, they're very pointed about it. And little things, big things. There was one in the paper this morning that I found interesting, and I want to read it to you. I quote, if it is okay to control what is said in the classroom, why can't we control what is said on t-shirts the vulgar or disgusting words that are flaunted in our shops are totally embarrassing if you've ever been to key west you know we have shops selling t-shirts and there ain't one bad dirty word that's not on those t-shirts they're all covered in that window uh displaying the t-shirts and they're right we don't you want to know why I have never seen someone wearing one of those T-shirts they buy on the street. You know, some of them may say, uh, like a woman's T-shirt, I'm hot. A guy's T-shirt is, I can't get enough. But, I mean, these are gross. And I've never seen anyone wearing them, but they buy them. I don't know what they do with them. Maybe they wear them to better turn some on. Donald Trump. 
Don, he never gives up. We don't hear much about him, uh, not because he's given up, but because we have a war in the Ukraine that is more important at the present time. Anyhow, Trump spoke at a rally in Florence, South Carolina, Saturday night. And here's what he had to say. He had a lot to say. He spoke about two hours. But the one thing uh, that I found of interest was he said, uh, to the people, there were thousands at the rally, i got to say this, but he lies. He said, there's 50,000 people here tonight. Well, the police said there are thousands, maybe seven, 8,000, not 50,000, but that's Donald Trump. Anyhow, he said to the people at the rally, lay down, be prepared, he said, be prepared to lay down your very lives, lay down your very lives, to defend the United States, your country, against the critical race theory. Critical race theory. My God. Now, why is this bad? He tells these thousands of people to lay down your lives. This is the kind of dialogue that got us in trouble on July 6th, the speech he made that morning before uh, the the bad guys and bad women moved down the street to attack the Capitol. Be prepared to lay down your lives. We're going to war, folks. Governor Abbott of Texas and the state of Texas are not good people. Uh, I mean, this ain't the Texas of old that was born many years ago. Uh, They just don't. Maybe I'm wrong. I'm a Democrat. I tend to be liberal. I don't deny it. I'm not extreme, but I tend to be liberal. I'm also conservative on some issues. Texas has gone totally totally to the far right. I don't think they've even had a Democratic governor since, since something in the 18, 1990s, maybe 1994. Uh, you know all the laws that they've been passing the state legislature down there to make life hard, abortion, and everything else. Well, Abbott finds there's some things his people are telling you can't pass the law on, but you can execute an executive order. You can issue an order, and it has the force and effect of law. Well, no, the far right and probably the far left, I don't know yet. I haven't made up my mind how people react to this. Uh, Don't like transgender children. You understand what I'm saying? A transgender is the body of a female, the mind of a, a male, and vice versa. Now, you say, well, why do we want to take care of these people? Well, I'll tell you why we got to help these people. There are people. 3% of the population in the United States is transgender. They are entitled to our care and attention. They are American citizens, are entitled to everything else. I mean, what difference is there? Some are male in this world, some are female. Now we got transgender. Then we have gay people. We have straight people. You take care of your people. Uh, we didn't make them transgender. They didn't make themselves transgender. God made them transgender. I believe God makes all of us. So anyhow, here's what's going on. He decided he's going to go after the transgender uh, people, and that's the way he did it. Uh, he wrote in his order that medical care for transgender youths is child abuse, quote-unquote. Medical care for transgender youth is child abuse. And to get at it, 
he said, he issued in his order, that parents can be investigated for child abuse if it's determined they sought treatment for or had their transgender child treated. In other words, they took the kid to the doctor. They could even get the doctor in trouble with this thing, but right now it's limited to parents. But what doctor is going to want to take care of a transgender child if he... They want to find out, is there anything we can do to help my transgender child? Take him to a doctor. There are doctors who specialize in this stuff. We're not wax. But he says, not in Texas you're going to do that, okay? And he has a department of Family and Protective Services that he assigned responsibility to to investigate these cases. And immediately, when the two or three days, they had already uh, arrested nine people, I think, nine, nine sets of parents. The Houston Hospital, a Houston hospital, uh, immediately announced it was restricting its care for tra- transgender children. They don't want to get in trouble. Somebody comes in, they're sick, they want to take care of them. But if they can't take care of them, they're going to tell them, don't even bring your kids here. We won't touch them. Remember, hospitals are supposed to be open for all kinds of medical care. And also, uh, what Abbott has done is raised fears that other states are going to copycat what he's doing because a lot of them already are, for example, with regard to the abortion issue. Uh, now, going to the war. We're done with what I think are interesting items. Other than the war, now we move on to the war in the Ukraine, the war with Russia. I want to talk about disease, disease. You know, this war is only 21 days old today, three weeks, 21 days. Look what Russia, what Putin is doing. I mean, now in the last three, four days, he's bombing apartment buildings, high rises. He's bombing, you know, one and two family houses. These are missiles, artillery shells. Uh, tanks, and he's just blowing them out of existence. Uh, horrible. You see the damage on, on television. And this is just recently, three, four days. Uh, he wants to beat everybody into submission. He wants the people, he, he's losing this war, believe it or not. And he figures if he attacks the people, and this is the way he does things, they'll get so upset their government will have to play ball his way. Uh, the Ukrainians will have to play government. Uh, Putin's way. Won't work, folks. These Ukrainians are tough people. Anyhow, you have to understand, now these people don't have a place to live. We're talking thousands of people. These are these, these bombings and shellings are taking place in the larger cities, okay? So now, what happens? You've got no water. There's no running water. How can you have running water if half the building's in flames and the other half is down on the ground? Uh, no toilet facilities. Where are you going to go to the bathroom, okay? Uh, Now, you don't have a toilet. You don't have water. Eventually, you're going to have rats. No one's talked about this yet. But you've got to have rats. And the rats, they're going to bring germs with them. Because also, there's very few, if any, cats left in 
these Ukrainian cities. The only cats I have seen on the Internet are ones being taken out of the country to Poland or one of the other safe countries, uh, but none of them walking around the streets. Yet we have seen dogs in many of the Internet videos, dogs eating dead bodies, ripping, ripping. I didn't make up that word. That's how it was announced on television, ripping the bodies of dead people apart. So these rats are going to bring disease, and disease like the bubonic plague. I'm not saying we're going to have the bubonic plague, but I believe we're going to have some kind of a disease similar to the bubonic plague, which is going to create another problem here. And why? It's thank you, Vladimir Putin. Thank you for all the good things you do. Now, Americans are voluntarily leaving the country, our country, the United States of America, to go to the Ukraine and fight with the Ukrainian people. So far, 16,000 have gone over to join the Ukrainians in the fight. They don't have to go. They want to go. They must go. And they are going. Let me talk to you about for a moment, about discrimination, black-white discrimination. In the midst of all this garbage, this crap that's going on in the Ukraine, discrimination's being practiced. And guess who it's being practiced by? The Ukrainian people. Strange things happen. Here's the story. Uh, there, there's, I, don't, I don't know how many black or people of color Ukrainian citizens there are. I suspect it's next to nothing, very, very few, if any. They do have a large group of black people who live in the Ukraine at the moment, however. They are in from Africa. They are being, they were being educated up until three weeks ago in Ukrainian universities. Black come from Kenya. Uh, by the way, the Ukraine's a first class country. They got everything going over there. And the black people come up, they study, and they go back to Africa. Uh, well, they want to get out, too, <laughs> out of this war zone. And here's what's happening. The buses that would take them from someplace in the Ukraine to Poland, for example, the blacks cannot sit down. They must stand for the trip. Only the white people can sit. And the reason given is they're not residents to black people. The white people are. I don't know, but that's happening. Now, the other thing is when they get to Poland, for example, or one of the other countries, you got to be processed. You've got to have your paperwork processed. Their paperwork is processed, but they, they're last in line. They are last in line. They have to wait till all the whites are taken care of, then they are taken care of later in the day or early in the morning, 3, 4 o'clock. Not nice, but that's the way it goes. Uh, you know, it reminds me of this. What's happening to the blacks, to this discrimination factor, not a big deal when thousands of people are being killed, I know, but discrimination is always a big deal, just like killing is always a big deal. Uh, it reminds me of two situations. Remember the Bolsheviks? They started the revolution, 1917 in Russia. And how many movies have we seen? The Bolsheviks. Uh, the, I'm sorry, the Tsar soldiers on horses with sabers drawn coming down a street, a big white street, and opposing them coming towards them are 
protesters, demonstrators, who don't have guns, they have sticks, some of them, and they're walking towards each other. And the Bolshev- the, the uh, military people, the guys on the horses say, you know, lay down your arms, whatever you got, turn around, leave, or we're going to come after you. And they don't move. The, you know, when you got a revolution going, you got a revolution going. And these people just keep coming at them and got the shit knocked out of them, many killed, right? Or let's get into a more familiar, close time. Selma, Alabama, 1965. Bloody Sunday. The Edmund Pettus Bridge, remember? The blacks were coming over 600 strong, protesting civil rights problems. And there on the other side were the police coming at them uh, on horses, walking with motorcycles, uh, huge sticks, everything. And you got to remember, this is Martin Luther King time. These black people stood and did not fight back. Some died getting hit on the head and took the beating. But they were approached and they refused to move. And... Uh, that is somewhat, somewhat like what's happening. Uh, I think they're taking advantage of people, black people there. Uh, now, let's see, what do I got here? Oh, one of Putin's major problems, I believe, in the next three to four weeks will be, not the only problem, but one of the problems are going to be the Young adults in the bigger cities like Moscow, and these are not third world countries when you're talking about a country like Moscow. Uh, These kids have good jobs. I'm 86, I call them kids, but they're young adults. They're they're late teens, they're 20s, uh, early 20s, mid-20s, late 20s, early 30s. They have good jobs. They do the nightlife thing. Uh, They have a good life. They use ATM machines, they got credit cards, they're educated, and they work. They've already been out protesting. You've seen the thousands of the, in the streets of Moscow, for example. I, I, I could not believe in this day and age, Russian young adults would go to the streets like that. They were in the thousands, uh, and they were protesting against Putin. Well, what's hap- going to happen is this. We're sanctioning. The United States and other countries are sanctioning Russia. What's happening is this. They're losing a lot of things automatically. They're already running out of power. They don't have sufficient power. Their water is being affected. Don't ask me how all this works. Their cell phones don't work, most of them. The ATM machines don't work. Most of the banks aren't operating, but if they do, they don't have cash to give to these people. And these great jobs they had, careers, educated people, because the Russians do educate their people. Uh, they can't go to work. The machinery isn't working at work. They, and they can't be paid. They don't get any money. So I think in two or three weeks, they're really going to demonstrate in the streets of the larger cities like Moscow, okay? And now what's going to happen? Putin came out two or three weeks ago and said, if, if you protest in the streets, you know, you can go to jail for that for 15 years. These people don't care, and they're not going to care, and they're going to come down those streets, let me tell you. I hope, I would hope, okay, 
the best thing that would happen would be for them to come into the Kremlin, go up to Putin's office, grab him by the neck, drag him out into the street, and hang him from a telephone pole. Yes, 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 yes. As sick as it sounds, yes. That's the end the man deserves. That's the type of ending every despot in history uh, has received. Well, now, so what's he going to do, Putin? If they don't take him down, they're going to take him down eventually. I think this is a, a good, not a possibility, a probability. That doesn't mean I'm telling you it's going to happen, but it could happen. Uh, because what is Putin going to do? Is he going to arrest all of them, most of them, and send them to Siberia? Which he could do. He could send them to Siberia and let them live for 10 or 15 years there. They aren't going to put up with this crap. These, you know, I call them kids, these young people. Okay, I'm going to tell you right now, they won't put up with it. You're going to have a revolution, and who knows what will happen. I can't guarantee it. I, you know, I have no crystal ball, but I just have the sense that this is a good probability. Uh, see now. The war itself is interesting. The Ukrainian army is controlling the ground fighting. That's why the Russians haven't taken over the cities yet. They get within 8, 10 miles. They can't go any further. Further, They are sharp, smart guerrilla fighters from the woods. And if they ever get into the cities from, from the buildings, they've been trained to fight this way. They've been fighting the Russians this way for eight years in limited battles. Uh, and that's why those... 40 miles of convoy trucks are still sitting there uh, because they broke down. The parts were no good. Uh, but they don't have the proper machinery, the properly trained soldiers to fight that kind of a war. I'm talking about the Russians now. And so the Ukraine is controlling ground fighting anywhere. However, what is giving Russia the superiority to do all this damage and all this killing that we're reading about is because they control the air power. The Ukraine does not have an air force. The Russia has an air force. And all they're doing, they, they want to bomb these people into submission. They send their uh, jet fighters in and bomb, the, bomb these buildings. The shooting today is precise. Bombing is precise. Missiles are precise. They can put, they know what floor, what window they want to put. All right? They want to put the bomb or the weapon or whatever you call it into the window they can do it. Uh, and so they control the air. Now, if we can figure out a way that the United States can supply MiG planes and some other countries can supply MiG planes, to the Ukraine, through Poland, the Ukraine's going to control the air, too. This war will change dramatically. How we do it, I don't know. And I can understand why Biden doesn't want to send troops in like uh, a lot of people want him to. I can understand why NATO doesn't want to. you got to go by the book. But it's getting hard to go by the book when you see all this suffering occurring. More than 3 million people, as of yesterday, had fled the Ukraine to Poland and other countries. Uh, you know, it's interesting. Uh, this whole war again is three weeks old. Four weeks ago, the people in the Ukraine were leading normal lives like you and me and everybody else in this country. 
You know, there there were the winds of war, war's going to come, but they didn't really believe it, and they were living ordinary good lives. This is four weeks ago. Then three weeks ago, the shit hit. I'm sorry to put it that way. It hit, and their lives changed in a second. You know how that, that's a saying, a common saying, your life can change in a second. Uh, and it does. All of a sudden, you got a pain. You go to the doctor, you got cancer, you're going to be dead in a month. I had a very close uh, lady friend that last year, 50 years old, she started getting some pretty severe headaches. She went to the doctor. She was told she had a non-operable cancerous tumor in her brain, and she would die within two weeks. She died within two weeks. That's how life is, can be. And uh, look, it's bad, and we're only three weeks into the war. Well, that is my show for tonight. I have more material, but as usual, I don't have sufficient time. I am seriously considering going to an hour or changing the format of the show to a talk show, have people call in, or have a guest every evening. I don't know. I, I've been analyzing this. Now, uh, reviewing a lot of material, because I don't get enough time with a half hour. All right, that's the story for tonight. That's my story for this week. Thank you for joining me, and good night.